So Patrick, you said, okay, there's so much to talk about. Where do you where do you want to start? Um, you know, John Gruden's emails. Yeah. As a Raider fan, I think we have to start with the breaking news <laughs> from from last night. Gruden <laughs> out. How dumb can people be, really? Don't you think? Don't you can't? can't. Well, listen, people can be very dumb. Uh, yeah, there's a lot to unpack here, though. Where do you want to start? Well, you look. You are the sports expert on this show. I, I fall. I'm a Fairweather fan. I like some sports, but I don't know. So tell me, uh, tell me all about it. What you and why do you think? So the, John so Gruden's week, getting outed versus. Oh, okay. So last week, midweek, uh, it was it was revealed that John Gruden sent an email um, while working as the lead analyst for ESPN making very disparaging remarks about DeMora Smith, who is the players, um, the head of the union for the players. Yes. Okay. I know um, who he is. Yep. You know, blackmail, uh, making a disparaging remark about his uh, lips and his facial features. Okay. So that came out. Now, that was 10 years ago when he made those comments via email. So if it, if that had been it, I think he was going to survive. He apologized. I, he talked to his team. I think the league um, and the team probably would have fined him or reprimanded him in some way. Um, and I think that would have been it. But Clearly, the NFL knew at the time, the league knew. Now, follow this. So, based the Washington football team. Okay. So, this is actually a local story as well. The Washington football team was under investigation for systemic misconduct within their organization. Do you remember that? So, this was under George Allen, Dan Schneider, the whole cheerleader story. Yep. Bullying, whatever. A lot of stuff, right? So the NFL hired a firm, uh, actually the team hired a firm, I should say, and the NFL piggybacked on that firm or hired their own independent firm, I'm not sure, or did it themselves. They looked at like 650,000 emails and, you know, we never heard, a, never heard a summary of the investigation, never got a report, none of the emails had leaked. And the assumption was, and what kind of leaked out was that Snyder wasn't implicated in any of this uh, or they weren't going to bring it up as an owner. Uh, so it kind of, we thought went away until now. So apparently John Gruden had sent numerous emails to George Allen, who was the general manager of the Washington football team. Very disparaging comments using the F word to describe gay people uh, using the Q word, why are we drafting those you know, for, for gay people? Yeah. Um, some other racial connotations. Um, I mean, not only did he use the F word to describe it, actually, he used the F word to describe the commissioner. Yeah, Roger Goodell. League, Roger Goodell. And th there, there was others, right? So clearly... You know, it was just a lot. And, you know, one off-the-cuff comment, you, you, you know, okay, people make mistakes. They say things out of emotion or whatever. But to put them in email, and at the end of the day, it's work emails, right? Even though he was at ESPN, he was emailing George Allen at the Washington football team, 
it's within the confines of the NFL. He's the lead analyst for ESPN. And, you know, to, to write it down and then hit send and have a just misogynist, racial, oh, homophobic. Everything. Right. Uh, yeah. he, he, he covered all the, uh, you know, all the categories. Um, and he so he resigned last night. And, and clearly had to. He would have probably been fired under some moral clause. Uh, I think ESPN has to do a little bit more digging in terms of did did anyone at ESPN know that he thought this way? Uh, you know, he was with them a long time, a long time. So, and, and that, okay. Well, well, what's your? I mean, what's your? If you're putting your conspiracy hat on, because a lot of people are like, you know, this investigation with the Washington Football Team it seems like it's been ongoing. There's so many things, and yet, yeah. do you think this is other owners like they're just not gonna? go after Snyder because they all have stuff in their closets. I mean, it's like Snyder continue. I don't know. I guess Listen, nothing the, the, ever the, comes the, out the about con- him. The conventional wisdom is owners protect owners. The NFL will do everything they can to protect an owner, right? Which does make sense, right? I mean, all time at the end of the day, Roger Goodell is paid by the owners. Yeah. Okay. Let's not forget that. Not the players. He represents the league of owners. Yeah. So, I mean, the NFL looks bad here, too. So you had all these emails. They had to know about them. Now they leak out. And now the NFL comes out with some statement that these comments are abhorrent and blah, blah, blah. Yes, they are. But you're t- you didn't just find out about them. Oh, you agree. knew about them. Agree. And by the way, the Washington football team has to come out with a statement. They haven't yet. Or, or not that I've seen as of 930 this morning. So the entire thing is just bad on all levels. You know, and. You know, as I always said, two things can be true. You know, I have people on Twitter saying, well, the NFL, you know, you got murderers and rapists and domestic violence people still playing in the game, yet John Gruden's out. But you know what? Gruden should be out, and maybe those other people should be out too, right? This isn't a one, you know, I hate those arguments, the whataboutism arguments. And also, when you're a coach and you're the lead analyst for ESPN, you're not a player. Right. Yeah. There's other, there's other things that come with that responsibility. So he's out. I think there's more to come. I think the NFL, they probably won't, but needs to come clean on some of this more clean. I think the Washington football team needs to come out with a statement. The fact that George Allen was participating in these emails speaks volumes to why they were investigated to begin with. Right. So, um, there's a lot here. There's a lot here. Well, it seems like there continues to be a lot with the Washington football team, but yet, I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, I guess it, it it's just a huge organization I mean, and it on, just keeps going. The, well, I mean, their woes continue. Yeah. It's What's, hard to, it's hard to, I mean, listen, I, I, I don't believe in this 20, 25 year curse or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, right, right. I, I, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't believe in those things. I think it's mismanagement. I think even when they tried to do it right with when Joe Gibbs came back and some others, it just didn't work out. So I think it's a combination of bad management, bad ownership, bad luck. Uh, But this team right now, I looked at their schedule over the weekend. They might lose 11 games, 12 games, 13 games. 
they can lose 12 out of their next 14 games. That's how hard their schedule is going forward. So they probably won't. My guess is they'll finish six and eleven. Is my guess if I, you know, if I had to put a number on it right now, that's terrible. Another terrible year. And I don't want to hear they made the playoffs last year. That was luck. They were seven and nine. It was just a terrible division. They were fortunate that Dak Prescott got hurt. You could see how the Cowboys are playing this year. Um, they're off and running. They already have a two-game lead in the division at four and one. Uh, so another bad year for the Washington football team. On top of that, you know, last last week you had brought up, you know, that the FBI had had. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Got Donna Raid. Well, now there's a second football trainer for the Washington football train team that's been placed on leave in wake of those revelations. So um, what, a, what a mess they have over there. Just an Ryan Vermillion. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, so what's going on there? Right. Because that that we don't know any of the details, but it sounds like they're being investigated for. I think you had brought this up in the news story as potential drug mismanagement or, you know, yeah, prescription so that, drug that's, abuse. That, that's, that's alleged being reported. There's no confirmation right. of that, but that's, that's, that's people's, um, you know, guess, guess on it or, uh, or yeah. opinions on, on the subject. So, yeah, so, so not a good, uh, not, not th- things are not going well for the Washington football team. Certainly the Raiders, it'll be interesting to see how this impacts their season. Um, you know, he was under a 10-year, he was in the fourth year of a 10-year $100 million contract. What? Oh, my God, that's bananas. He so did. Qu- that's- I wonder, you know, does he leave it all on the table? Does he get some of it? My guess is he resigns and he probably get gets some. Yeah, I would think probably maybe another year or half or who knows. I, you know, I, he I was know. that good of a coach. That he had a hundred million ten year contract, really? Is it that hard to find good coaches in the NFL? Wow. I think it was a few things. One, he was extremely, extremely popular, former head coach of the Raiders, won the Super Bowl with Tampa Bay, then goes to ESPN, becomes their lead analyst, exceedingly popular at the oh, time. Wow. Um, you know, and they were building the stadium in Vegas. Obviously, his name carried a lot of weight from a ticket sale suite standpoint sponsors naming rights all that stuff so there were there was a lot there as part of the reason they paid him 100 million uh so you know wow they, they were off to a decent start this year they were three and that they were three and oh had lost their last two games uh so maybe the season was heading in the wrong direction who knows but It'll be interesting to see if they can recover at uh, now. But anyway. All right. You want to stay on sports before we talk politics? Because sure. obviously there's a lot going on. So so tell me what's the latest with the U.S. men's soccer. Uh, you oh. know, you were obviously tweeting about that. You, you you felt this way anyway, but the coach needs to go. What does Dan think? Um, you know what? I need to ask Dan about that. You need that. to ask him about that. Okay. He's, okay. He, 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 he'd be interested. It'd be interesting to get his take on that. As a, as a soccer, as a you know, real soccer guy, oh. you know, I'm, I'm a superficial soccer guy. I love the game, watch it, follow it, but never played it. Dan's, oh, Dan's like coached obsessed. it, run it, played it, everything. I'll so, ask him, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on? I, the U.S. men's NAFS team has a ton of young talent. Okay. They missed the World Cup last time around. They have to make the World Cup this time in Qatar a year from now, like a year and a month. It's November of 2022. Okay. 
they're in World Cup qualifying. They've played five of 14 World Cup qualifying matches. You got to finish in the top three to automatically qualify if you finish fourth. Then you go to this like uh, round robin thing to see if you could squeeze in. Um, off to a bad start. Then they, you know, beat Honduras in Honduras. Uh, you know, beat Jamaica, which Jamaica is terrible, by the way. They're in last place. Okay. So, okay, they beat Jamaica at home 2-0. So you think things are heading in the right direction. He makes seven player changes the other night. And um, they lose for the first time in World Cup qualifying history to Panama. They lose 1-0 in Panama. Greg Berhalter should not be leading this team. He's an average major league soccer coach. Okay. This this is the United States. You're trying to put soccer again. Every year we seem to, oh, soccer's finally on the map. Well, you know, I think it really is now. But it won't be if they don't make the World Cup two years in a row. They just cannot not make it. So you're telling me Greg Berhalter is the best coach to U.S. men's soccer there's some rumors or speculation, I shouldn't say rumors, speculation that, you know, it's nepotism, he's related to somebody or something. I don't know. Probably his a very brother, nice man. That's knows what Dan, what? Dan knows this whole story, but his brother, I guess, is pretty high up in U.S. soccer. Yeah. So yeah. there's some okay. connection. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. They, there. The fact that they can't go out and get a top flight European coach. Yeah, why not? Well, Bring they, had, the they had Klinsman and they ran him out of town. He was right on everything. He was right on player development. He was correct that the, the young talent in the United States needs to go to Europe to play. Major League Soccer is League One, League Two soccer at best, which means if you compare to Major League Soccer team in the United States, which is our top tier, to European soccer, say England soccer, They'd be League One, maybe League Two, which is three rungs down from the top Premier League. It's average soccer. Why'd they run Klingsman out of town? Why didn't they like uh, him? Because he was European. He didn't listen, he didn't play politics, right? He 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 was very critical of MLS. He said they need to change their schedule to match the European international schedule. He wanted them to play through the winters like Russia does. Um so, because it doesn't line up, right? So, when they have the international breaks, MLS is still it, it just for training purposes and 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 development. It just it didn't line up. So he spoke his mind, and MLS did not like that. Correct. Got it. But and, of course, now it's seeming like it's turning out like everything to your point that he said for the most part was true. Correct. Now, Klinsman was the coach when they didn't qualify last time. Okay. So you know, okay, I. U.S. men's soccer is at a crossroads in this country, and they can't afford to wait. You know, okay, they have a game tomorrow night, Costa Rica. If they win, okay, I guess he can. If they were to lose tomorrow night to Costa Rica, they have to make a change before the November window. Mm. Um, There's too much money at stake. There's too much. Like, and the other thing that bothers me is we need to stop acting like this isn't the United States. Yes. We're not a top-tier soccer country, historically. But to qualify for the World Cup, they have to win in CONCACAF, which is a bunch of average teams. Other than Mexico, you got Panama, 
Canada, Jamaica, Costa Rica, Honduras, El Salvador. Like, these are like third, fourth tier soccer nations. Yeah. What We're are the doing? fucking not United States. Like, let's yeah, go. Let's not let's not act like we have to beat Argentina to qualify. And it's hard. This isn't hard. There is zero excuse, zero, that the United States of America men's soccer team shouldn't finish in the top three in CONCACAF. Zero. Oh, I'll and be by the watching way, your they, Twitter tomorrow night. No, no. And if they don't, all of U.S. soccer should be fired. All of them. Every single one of them. Top tier, gone. The, 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 the leadership all from top down, gone. Hey, anyway. I mean, okay. <laughs> There's a rant for you. All right, well. Uh, may, just quick some takes on mid sports and then we can move on. Major League Baseball playoffs, exciting. Another great. Okay. You know, Boston won, you know, in the ninth inning last night. Way too long. They have to do something. You say this uh, every year, though. No, no, they're not, I know. But it, they're not going to stop it. They, they love four-hour, five-hour games. You know what? Ratings are struggling. They have to figure it out. People. They're not they, going to, though. What's going to well, be the tipping point? I don't the know. Ratings I don't know. continue yeah, to ratings, drop. Ratings, they have for years. People are overwatching. They're not going to watch five hours of baseball, but they don't care. I think they have the time to fill. They still I get guess. huge sponsorships. Yeah, you're right. So you're they're right. not going to. There's no incentive for them to cut the games. Sarah bringing it on baseball. I like it. <laughs> well, it's true. Well, I mean, you're do. right. You're right. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I just. It's torture one, to watch. It is. A one nothing game should not take three and a half hours. I just shouldn't. <laughs> no, I know. It, to your point about soccer, it's why soccer has the uh, opportunity right now to but be even NFL. NFL, you know, three hours we're done. Yeah, right. Yeah, pretty, I mean, pretty much within reason, right? Yeah, you get a nice halftime break. It's it, it it's efficient. It flows. It, it yeah, it's working anyway. But the, the games have been good. Um, By so the way. Far. Can we talk about that? Um, you know, oh God, what was the the NFL game over the weekend? They kept missing the field goals. Oh, it was like since brutal. It, Cincinnati Green Bay. Oh my God, Green. I mean, was that not crazy? No, I know the field goals were from far away, but I mean, I kept thinking, is this Groundhog's Day? What's going on? They kept missing. Yeah, it was crazy. Crosby missed an extra point and then two last minute field goals. And then finally made a 49-yarder to win it. So good for him. He redeemed himself. The Cincinnati guy missed uh, his as well to win the game. Uh, actually, he missed two as well. So just, yeah, just no one, no one seemed like they wanted to win that game. Right? <laughs> we kept going and going. It was Al- very strange. Alabama lost. So they dropped. Um, big loss for Alabama. Georgia's number one. Ohio State's still too highly ranked. They've played nobody. I'm a I'm not an Ohio State fan, so we can move on to politics. Okay, let's move on to politics. <laughs> so, you know, a lot to talk about in politics. Where do you want to start? You know, there's been some interesting articles um, as far as, vo- you know, vote Republican, which, of course, is anonymous, you know, anonymous who uh, worked for President Trump and then, you know, wrote that article back for the New York Times while he was still Department of Homeland Security. Um Essentially saying, look, there there are Republicans coming out and saying you need to vote Democrat. You need to vote Democrat in the midterms. It is very scary what is going on, and the Republican Party is compromised. What are all of your takes on this? Well, my takes a full year out are the Republicans will win the House, they'll pick win back the Senate. But you know, at the end of the day, uh, at the end of the day, Joe Biden. His approval ratings dropped 
as of last Thursday in a Quinnipiac poll are 38%. Yeah. He's 12 points underwater. He is missing on all cylinders. Everything he tries to do is not working. Uh, I mean, you know, I mean, from, from, from domestically, and again, not all his fault. Gas prices are up, supply chain issues. You know, he's having a difficult time p- passing his Build Back America bill. The infrastructure bill has yet to pass, even though there is, it's passed from a bipartisan standpoint, but they still got to vote on it. Um, you know, COVID's still around, not going anywhere. Job, the job numbers were terrible. You have states like California, you know, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Internationally, the Afghan thing was a disaster, continues to, 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 to plague him. You had Russia come out yesterday and say that Taiwan is part of China, which is obviously a, a very difficult thing. You know, so no matter what is going on right now, the administration is struggling to get a handle on it, right? If that continues, inflation comes back a little bit, uh, there's no way they retain the House. Zero. I don't care about Trump, not Trump, doesn't matter. Republicans, you know, House elections at the end of the day tend to be local. Um, You know, they're trying to make this McAuliffe, uh, when I say they, the media, they're trying to make this McAuliffe. uh, Youngkin. Race. race. They're saying, is this is this a is this a predictor of the midterms? It's not. First of all, governor's races historically have not been predictors of midterm elections Two, McAuliffe was favored by eight, nine, ten points. Even if he wins, he's only going to win by three, four points at the most. So the fact that Youngkin, who is aligned with Trump historically, a little bit more moderate, who um self-financing his campaign. You know, this is what cracks me up. McAuliffe was a governor tied to the Democratic Party, historically great fundraiser, didn't do a terrible job as governor of Virginia. Yeah. Replacing a go- the, the state legislator right now is Democratic. The governor's Democratic. Yep. The fact he's not up nine, ten points, that's the story. If he wins, it's still not a predictor of what's happening in midterms because I think the fact that he's maybe only going to win by two to three points, that's, if you want to say there's a predictor, that's the predictor. Do you think that's but that I, surprising, though? I mean, we know the country's pretty divided. But not we Virginia. Know. Not Biden won Virginia by eight points. McAuliffe was the previous governor. This this isn't North Carolina. Okay, so it's, what do you think it is then in Virginia? Why do you think... Why well, do I you think, th- listen, McAuliffe's a... I, I think it's a few things. One, I do think... Um, Governors' races tend to be closer than the presidentials in some states. Look at look at Maryland. Two-time Republican Governor Hogan, right? Hogan, if Hogan was the presidential candidate, he would still lose Maryland, even though he's an extremely popular governor. It's 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 hard to explain. Like Hogan would probably lose as a senatorial candidate because. Wow. Those races tend to follow the national uh, state. It's hard to explain, and sometimes I don't fully understand it, but people think differently when it's Senate voting on national bills versus local. Okay. So, you know. So you ultimately think McAuliffe will win, but it will be very close, and it shouldn't be that close. I think it'll be three points. Three Three points. Three to four points. 
right? I, I you know, depending on it, but I don't think it should have been that close. Uh, Yelkin's a flawed candidate. His spots haven't been great, uh, but you know what? They're spending a ton of money, which, which you know, selfishly is is good for broadcasters. <laughs> yeah. uh, nope, you know, full, full disclosure there. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> it's it's great for you. Yeah. Uh, so, so we'll see where that goes. You know, the other thing too is like, you know, I I texted this to you, you know, in this Build Back America bill, one of the provisions they're trying to pass is this IRS, you know, peekaboo, whatever you want to call it. So the, the, the case being made is that, you know, very wealthy individuals get to hide money, move money around. The IRS isn't really aware of what they're truly making, therefore can't collect taxes on it. And they're estimating that it's about $480 billion. Okay. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We know that's happening. So, so yeah. even let's accept that premise. What they're trying to pass as legislation in this bill, the Build Back America bill, is that the IR, that banks have to disclose and allow IRS to basically look and notify them of anybody who has a checking and savings account over $600. Well, that would be Six. a lot of people. Yep. They say it's over 100 million people. Yeah. So basically it's... Yeah, probably 80% of people have checking and savings accounts. Yeah, anyone has. Right. Okay, but what, what's your issue with this? Because um, it, it's too much. It's government. Or, no. Too much overreach. By the banks are required to provide interest statements and everything else already to the IRS. You get them, I'm sure, emailed to you. Sure. They also go to. So now we want. And by the way, 600, if this truly is a bill to go after the wealthy, why not say check the accounts over? 50,000 or 10,000 or 100. I don't know. Pick a number. And I still wouldn't like it. Well, they picked like, 600. <laughs> $600? Come on. This is. And, so, what and, do you think this is? This is their kind of, um, you know, way of saying that it's no, going to be. A, the, it's part of why this bill has struggled. It's, it's the Bernie Sanders bill, I call it. Biden ran as a moderate. A moderate president doesn't put this peekaboo, I'm calling it, whatever you want to call it, in this bill. Certainly not at $600, maybe at $10,000, maybe at $25,000 if people are moving money, number one. Number two, it's the IRS's job to find the money, right? Number three, you and I talked about this. Simplify the tax code. Simplify the tax code, right? Forget all the write-offs. Forget You pay 25%, boom, done. See you later. 20%, whatever the number, pick a number. But uh, anyway, my point is, this is getting a ton of negative press. This doesn't play well in middle of America. This doesn't play well, even for Democratic left-leaning moderates. No, you don't get to look at my checking account of $1,200. Well, I know, I, I think to your point, that is scary, right? I mean, you know, we, I... Yeah, I mean, you know, because kind of asking you about this New York Times article and Miles Taylor was the anonymous, you know, former Trump official and then it was a former governor. But basically, you know, they're talking about how compromised the Republican Party is. But to your point, it's things like this peekaboo, you know, kind of proposal or whatever. Don't you think that that gets these radical Republicans elected, which I think is so scary? Yeah, you're not as scared about you're not. I mean, the way you're hearing things, I, 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 I am not a conspiracy theorist, like not at all. But 
you have to want like this just doesn't make like there has to be a better way to find out where all this money is right or you need to sell it better that's the other thing their messaging is terrible their messaging has been terrible on the covid vaccines their messaging has been terrible on mass their messaging has been terrible on afghanistan their messaging has been terrible on a lot of things like again their messaging on build back america has been terrible terrible so they've allowed the Republicans or conservatives or independents or businesses to define this bill as an over, you know, just an overspending, overreach, boondoggle of spending. And, you know, well, what? I mean, now it's down to what? One point two trillion. Uh, no, I think it's going to come in about two trillion and about two trillion. Man- okay. I think Manchin said he'll go up to about. Manchin said he's willing to go up, I think, two two. Okay. Okay. So, so they, I mean, I don't, they haven't settled on it, but, but here, but again, this is the rub real quick without getting in the weeds. Yeah, yeah. I, know, I know we get in the weeds. So the progressive Democrats are, tr- so all the Democrats are trying to figure out, okay, if we got to, if we got to get it down to 2 trillion, let's just pick that up. What does it look like? The progressives are trying to keep more of the initiatives for lesser years. So instead of 10 years of childcare, right credits we'll do six years which obviously lowers the price tag you know if it's if it's a billion dollars a year six billion versus ten billion well the moderate democrats and republicans are saying that's just that's bull because you know after six years once you give people entitlements it's almost impossible to take them them away. away right right so they know in six years or five years or whatever those those pieces of the, the, the bill come up for renewal, they're going to have a much greater chance of getting them extended another. F- so in essence, it'll still be the three point whatever trillion. It just won't look like it right now. So the, the moderates are like, no, no. Pick, prioritize what you want, which Democrats have a difficult time doing mm-hmm. historically. You're not going to be able to do it all. So pick if, if, if you have 10 things on a list, pick five, do them really well, and then f- live to fight another day. So it'll be interesting to see how, how the bill kind of comes put together and, and uh, where it ends up. But, um, you know. Uh, and and how are you feeling like about politics otherwise? You know, like Bill Maher had a really great rant. I'm, I'm a Bill Maher fan, obviously, but um, yep. you know, he had a huge rant about how Trump is coming back. We should all be really scared. Basically, a plea to vote Democrat that that the Republican Party is so compromised. Um, well, John Stewart said the same thing. I think yesterday. And and but what's your you know as somebody who has been a moderate Republican, I mean, what's your take on all that? Because it's I think it's liberal commentators, pundits, talk show hosts scaring everybody into voting yeah, Democrat. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. Yeah. I'm worried about Trump. I feel like, oh, oh listen, no, how the hell are we going to get rid of him? Because I, apparently I, I, don't, I don't think anybody's not worried about Trump. I just you know, the question is, does he really run? <sighs> Whether he runs or not, he's going to have heavy influence on who runs what kind of support they get um so it's i don't know all right talk to 
me about this too, because I'm curious, you know, lots of social issues happening. So you have de Blasio saying he's going to get rid of the gifted and talented programs in New York. He talked about that in the past week. Eric Adams, who we're all assuming, I believe, is going to be the next mayor of New York City, says kind of alluding to the fact he'll reverse that. Then in California, you have Newsom passing a bill that there that any retailer that has over 500 employees has to have a gender neutral uh, toy section um part of the of their store do you think stories like this just okay. play into republicans getting I, I don't think they play into it i think they do i i mean i know what are your thoughts on that my thoughts are as this. someone I, as someone who has a brand new baby do you think retailers should be forced by the government no no i don't and here's the thing i think and I, you're probably like this you and i i have a I know many kids that are transgender or non-bi, however they're identifying, right? I think we're all fine with whatever you want to be. You know, I think everybody deserves love and acceptance, whatever you want to be. But these types of stories drive me bananas because I think... they're not stories. They're policies. You're right. Okay, policies. You're right. They're not just stories. People aren't making it up. The governor of California... It's... This is... Who, by the way, was recalled... He didn't lose, but he was recalled. I mean, he was at least there was enough signatures to do a recall election, but he won. He feels emboldened now. He's doubling yeah, down. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I think it's very dangerous. I think if these retailers on their own said, hey, you know what? We see a demand because obviously we're a capitalist society. We see a demand for a gender neutral section. Great. They can do it. But to your point of forcing them to do that. This is no, where, I'm, this is where this I'm is, nervous about well, midterms it, and, and President, former President Trump coming back. This makes me very scared. But to your point, it feeds a narrative. It feeds a conservative Republican <sighs> narrative. Government wants to control everything. State and federal government wants forcing retailers to create gender neutral aisles. First of all, I yeah. Kids, I guarantee you kids don't want it. Kids know what kind of toys they want. Parents can take them to every aisle. The split. So this is a, a cost for, for the retailer to, to serve no purpose. Like, what, what are we I, doing I, here? Why do you think, why, why, okay, it's control. I guess we, we come back to this conversation. It's control, I guess, of these. I, I just, and my question too is I'd love to know from sociologists, and st- is there that much of a demand for these gender neutral? No, well, that's or a Or is this I mean, just like a radical? By the way, did, did you see the Chappelle uh, special? I did. I did. Um, I which... think we got to talk about that next week. We can. Did you watch it yet? I did. Okay, well, I want to know your, because to me, there's another example. I, I, think... I don't have enough time today to really, <laughs> really? unpack that. Oh, I want to hear I, all your thoughts. I, I think we got to spend some time on it because Look, the I only can... reason I brought up Chappelle right now is he kind of touched on this. The gender gender neutral community, or gender community, whatever. They they do a fantastic job pushing their cause, rights, agenda, whatever you want to call. Fantastic job. But to your point, there's probably very little demand for this. Very almost none. Uh, Right? If you have a child, and like, take them to both aisles. If they're a girl and they want to play with boys twice, of okay. course. Uh, like, yeah. What are we doing here? Oh, what do you get? 
gender neutral aisle? Come on. Like, what are we doing here? And by the way, Chappelle's special could be summed up like this, which is essentially his whole point is, you know, the woke eat the woke. Absolutely. And it doesn't matter if you're black, white, LGBTQ, if you're um, whatever group you are, you ultimately end up eating your own. Women, you know, know, me too. The whole thing with me, too, like he said, fire all your male agents. No one's going to do that. You know, that's big in Hollywood. By the way. They all eat their own is what his point was. let, Let capitalism dictate you don't think if toys are just toys are us, I'm sure there's a million toys. I that was my point. Yeah. Amazon online, whatever. If you don't think that they knew they could make a lot of money with a gender neutral, they wouldn't do it. Thank you. That exactly. Let them make that decision on their right. own. Yes. And, and by the way, it's the same way about vaccinations. Pull, I'm, I'm, I'm going 90 degrees on you here, but it's the same point. I am for vaccine mandates to a certain degree. All right. But I don't think the government should be saying restaurants can only let people in who are vaccinated. I think it should be up to the restaurant. The restaurant should have to disclose that via sign on the door saying vaccination. You know, we check for vaccination status to come into this establishment or we don't. And if you're not vaccinated, wear a mask. Then, you know, if I go in and I'm vaccinated, that man, there could be people in here who are unvaccinated who also take their mask off and let me make that personal decision. This is the point. This is why you still have 35% people not getting vaccinations. Because you have the CDC saying, regardless of vaccination status, you have government saying, oh, restaurants have to be, va- you have to be vaccinated to go in. Let the restaurant dictate. Let the retail establishment make that decision. It's Patrick, why do you think But there are such smart Democrats, right? There are such smart Republicans Why do you think these smart They have to know These intelligent Democrats have to know That these types of things To middle America Are are absolute trigger points For them to vote Why do you think the Democratic Party Keeps following I, Falling into this, cha- this, this trap Do you think It's, it's that, not a trap it's, it's how they believe Listen, there, there's, but really, there's a reason I mean, Bill de Blasio is a left wing progressive. OK, he truly believes he has to do this to help or save everyone. He's anti-business. It's how he thinks. It's how the county executive, I believe, in Montgomery County thinks no, I don't but think. But do you think Mar- they know what they're doing? They, what they are going to do is cause such a reaction, such a radical they, conservative well, I, reaction. I, I think they believe that it's their job to make this policy because if you save one person from getting COVID, it's worth the downside on the retail side. As you know, as a moderate or a, a cons- I think the opposite. Right. I think you have to manage risk, let the retail establishments decide if it should be mandated. Now, again, and I'm not talking about, you know, government buildings. Fine. Work buildings. Fine. Let the let the let the business decide. Let like the fact that we're the fact that we continue to pick on restaurants after everything they've been through is just and schools too. The, we don't have time for it today, but all right. Anyway, um, all right. well, we got to wrap up. So next week you can share more of your. Th- I'm, next I'm, now next I, week I want-, I want to talk about the school study that came out and said it's oh, yes, it's virtually. I don't want to say risk free. 
Okay. But it's it's that close. Like there's there's so many more things that kids should be worried about, including the bus on the way to the school, <laughs> than getting COVID and and getting sick. Like which we've been saying for a year and a half, the way they've handled the schools and they continue to handle schools is just might go down in history as one of the worst leadership uh, uh, across the country leadership decisions. Uh, you know. All right, we'll talk. We'll talk. Although our COVID discussions seem to get our audience riled up, they, they think we're wrong. Good. Good. Well, <laughs> they think well, we're D- wrong. Dan thinks we're. I think Dan Dan thinks Dan needs we're to wrong. Our friend David thinks we're wrong. Uh, I get other I have another DM from a a fan of the Polini perspective on Instagram who um, all the time begs us to get an expert. (laughs) No, we are the experts. This is we don't this is we don't we don't need facts. Absolutely not. This is an opinion piece. Okay, this is not a fact based uh, podcast. Yeah. Where do people follow you for more? (laughs) Patrick GM Fox 5. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye, sir.